ever since I can remember, I felt like I'm not good enough. It's like I constantly try to do good and be good and succeed, but no matter what I do, it's never enough. There's always someone that will do just a little bit better than me. There was one thing I was always good at, <laughs> not eating. It turns out when you really want to avoid something, you become a very good liar. I could be sat with my family having a meal and not eat a single thing. They wouldn't notice. It's all about distraction, starting a conversation, moving the food around and cutting it in a way that looks like you've been eating it. Sadly, all liars get found out eventually. I didn't think it was a problem. I had seen plenty of girls do it at school. It was weird if you didn't do it, if you didn't leave food or make yourself sick once in a while or exercise every day until you felt like you were going to pass out. My family threatened to send me somewhere if I didn't start eating. I was wasting away. I was letting myself waste away. I never knew what happened to your body when you starve it. I didn't know that your body starts using your muscles for energy once you run out of fat. Your body starts to eat itself. I collapsed when I was 17 walking back from school. Two weeks later, I had a heart attack. Not a life-threatening one, but big enough for me to know I had to get help. Just when I was starting to do good, to see a therapist and talk through my problems, my father died. My father was my best friend. I don't know how to grieve for him, and I punished myself for that by not eating. I was stuck in a loop of self-harm, and I knew I was essentially killing myself. I didn't want to die. I don't want to die. That's not what it's about. By the time I was 20, I'd seen a therapist for a few years, and I was returning to a healthy weight. I moved to London when I was 23, and that's when I met Grace. We were working together in a thrift shop. Hey. Hey. Are you still looking for a flat? Yes. Well, I'm looking for a flatmate. You are. I know we hardly know each other, but you need somewhere to live and I need someone to live with. It could work. Or it might not and we'll end up making each other's lives a living hell. I'm willing to take that chance. Great. If you give me your number, then I can text you the details. Awesome. So I moved in and we became friends. She keeps to herself. Sometimes she'll talk about things, but I struggle to understand her accent a lot of the time. I've been here for over a year now, and I like it. I found a new therapist. How have you been? Okay. Is there anything you'd like to talk about today? I have to tell you what I want to talk about? You don't have to, but it can be helpful. I see from your notes that you've suffered with anorexia. How are you managing that now? I'm doing better. Some days are good and some days are worse. Okay. Let's talk about your successes for the week. I ate half a burger yesterday. I never used to be able to do that. And when I managed to keep it down, too. That's great. What about something you'd like to improve? I'd like to be able to eat a whole burger. I used to love burgers. Do you like them with cheese? And bacon. Sounds good. Callie, we haven't heard from you in a while. You promised you'd call. How are you? Your father and I are worried. 
Are you eating well? We don't want you to struggle alone, sweetheart. Call us. My mother is impossible. I'm not going to blame her for my eating disorder, but she certainly didn't help. Do you know what my mother said to me when she saw me in my high school prom dress for the first time? You don't look fat, but you don't exactly look thin either. I'll never forget that. A mother should never say that to her daughter. Callie, your mother is driving me crazy. Will you please just call her? I know the two of you have your differences, but you're so far away from us now, and and we just want to make sure you're okay. Stay safe. Call your mother. I made myself sick last night. It's the first time I've purged like that in nearly two years. I tried to finish a bowl of pasta, and then I remembered the amount of calories that are in it, and I couldn't stop myself. Grace heard me. Callie? Are you okay? Callie? I haven't left my room yet. I'm embarrassed. I've never purged when there has been someone else in the house, and now I'm worried about what Grace might think of me, and that worry is making me feel so sick I can't eat. Today was a bad day. Do you want to talk about that? I thought I was getting better. There is no quick fix, I'm afraid. Besides, you are doing better. You just had a bad day, that's all, and, and that's okay. Tomorrow will be better. I pushed myself too far. You did. Maybe just stick to what you're comfortable with for now, and if you want to challenge yourself, just go one step at a time. Hi, Mom. You're probably at work now, but I just wanted you to know that I'm fine. I've been eating well, and my flatmate is awesome, and I'm going to get a better job. Are you and Dad okay? I hope so. I'll come and visit soon. Please don't worry about me. I'm working on my recovery, and I think you'd both be proud of me. I hope so. I was your interview. I didn't go. How come? I want to work somewhere better than a bar. I've applied for a job as a secretary. Wow. I'm aiming high. Good for you. Fancy takeaway? Sure. Burger? Sure. Recovery isn't linear. Recovery takes time. Recovery is hard, but... Some days there is good. It's the small victories that you have to focus on. I finished that burger. I ate it all, and it was amazing. Utterly Hopeless, Episode 9, Callie. The voice of Callie was Lindsay Graves Fisher. The voice of Grace was Lorna Panton. The voice of therapist was Paul Kandarian. The voice of mum was Shelley Marie Lucas. The voice of dad was Matthew T. Kinney. The music was composed by Maddie Irvine. It was written, directed, and edited by Ella Muscroft and is a Loud Voices Silent Streets production.